Welcome to the Wine Fields, issue 169. we got a lot to talk about this week. Not too much wrestling. we got to talk about the Rumble, but we've got uh, Mr. Tony Morales here voting for Mr. Uh, Dufsky. you got to see his shirt. You'll see it uh, very soon when we start doing the video. How you doing, man? People of Doyle, 2024. It's a good day. Every day is a good day when you're Duff Doyle. Every day is a good day. Like, like I remember when uh, like I was getting... Uh, I was helping Age get something out of his car, and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, check it out. That's, that's Duffer's car. He's like, of course it is. <laughs> it's one of the coolest cars I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> All orange. It is pretty It is pretty Duffy dope. It is Duffy dope. Is, it, is, that, is that a word now? Hmm. Oh, it is now. It is now. Hmm. Yeah, how was your week, man? Good to see you. Man, it's been all right, dude, getting uh know working freaking getting back in the swing of things which has been going pretty smoothly so far can't really complain too much freaking just getting stuff done handling business uh funny enough i freaking randomly found a uh, 80 dollar pop the other uh, in my collection yeah last night had been a meaning to pick teen pop but i already had it what was it it was a Con- john constantine pop Turn out everywhere I looked, it's selling for a minimal of $80. Oh, I remember seeing that uh, when you were first telling me about that gimmick you want to do with uh, putting the pops in front of the, the books uh, in, mm-hmm. uh, in display cases. We saw that at uh, Denver Comic Con. That was that Denver day. Comic Con, yep. That was that day we met Jim Lee. Remember that good day? That was a good day. That was a good day. Not as good as being a Duff. Well, actually, it was a good Duff day because we bumped into Duff for that day. We did, but we bumped into Dump and Dink. Yeah, that was a great day. That was. He and then was, you fell in love that as we were getting ready to leave. Uh, you know, I love them white boys. Oh, you do. <laughs> nah, we're good. Good week for comics. Good week for announcements, man. Uh, let's get straight to the uh, the mess, man. Uh, what's what's going on with DC? I mean, like. I breezed through it, but you watched the uh, you watched the full uh, press announcement, right? Yeah, you say full press announcement. It was like six minutes, but uh, yeah, no, we uh, James Gunn put out his uh, basically chapter one, uh, at least the first part of chapter one, as far as what's going to be going on with DC Studios going forward. Yeah, he announced that we're going to uh, – he announced a couple of things. You know, we're going to finish off the slate from the previous regime with the Shazam Fury of the Gods. Uh, the Flash movie is going to come out. It's going to reset everything. 
And after that, we're going to get Blue Beetle movie and Aquaman 2. But then we're going to start up with uh, Chapter 1, Part 1, which uh, James Gunn's entitled Gods and Monsters. You know, he brought up that we're going to have certain movies that are going to – they're going to have a certain amount of canon. And then everything outside of the actual canon, your, uh, your Matt Reeves Batman 2, your Joker 2 – um, all that stuff's going to be constituted as Elseworlds now, so it's going to officially be part of the part of DC universe, but also its own individual thing. You said the magic word, Elseworlds. <laughs> yep. You said the magic word, man. Like that's. Uh, I mean, us DC fans, you more than me, because I remember like uh, when. Uh, when we first started Minefields, I kept telling Colin, we need a DC guy. Yeah. I'm the indie guy, he's the Marvel guy, he's the cosmic guy, we need a DC guy. And uh, thankfully we found you, but... Uh, yeah, I put that into my application when I uh, applied to Minefields Incorporated <laughs> LLC. <laughs> well, it definitely helped that you threatened our lives uh, during that interview. Um, it's alright. Yeah, it's not just life. So just like, I mean, why not? I mean, like, why not threaten, like, why do you want this job? Because I'm broke. <laughs> you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not broke, but. No, just joking, man. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, it, uh, I like my, multiple forms of income. I like to diversify. We diversify our, uh, <laughs> what, did he, what did he say? How did he say it? You need to diversify your bonds. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, do it. but as a DC fan, uh, I'm a DC fan. But you're DC, now. you're DC loyal. Now, yes, now we are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got you know, a few indie books, but uh, now you DC loyal. How are you feeling about this uh, lineup so far? Uh, it's interesting. It's freaking. It's James Gunn. It quite possibly is James Gunniest. But uh, it's it's interesting. We got a uh, you know we we we're definitely hitting some heavy hitters, but we're also hitting those uh those far-reaching corners of the DC universe that uh, not too many people you know some people most people fear yeah fear to tread. You know we're starting off. We got a uh, we got Creature Commandos, a seven-episode cartoon series coming in, featuring some pretty interesting people. We got a uh, Rick Flag Senior on there. We got Doctor Phosphorus from a. Uh, you you remember Doctor Phosphorus from the uh, the Arkham series we read uh, last year? Oh yeah, sir. Uh, freaking, we got you know uh, Frankenstein's going to be in there. The leader of the group is the Bride of Frankenstein. Um, we got GI Robot and uh, our old friend from the Suicide Squad, Weasel. That's going to be gnarly. Yeah, but then we got a, a sea creature named Nina Mizerski rounding out the group. So it'll be uh it'll be interesting. You know, we got that. We've got a uh, you know, we've got the Authority coming up which has uh features Mo- uh, Apollo and Moon Knight, a uh, Midnighter, pardon me. You know, then we're also hitting uh like you talked about off-screen you were real interested in was the uh, the Green Lantern series Lanterns. Oh yeah. Featuring Hal Jordan and John Stewart. The reason I'm popping for that is because I don't think there's a definitive Lantern the way I don't think there's a, okay. a definitive uh, flash. That they all have their own particular uh, like beauties and quirks and strengths and 
being part of the core, like, you bring something to the fold, but, like, I remember, like, thinking about this when I saw the movie, and I know a lot of, a lot of people didn't like the Ryan Reynolds movie, but I really did. Uh, okay. But uh, it, it, it defined the core. Mm-hmm. And I can see why Sinestro would turn why he turned, because, yeah, he was not happy the way things were running. But uh, pick your lantern, man. Like, like, uh, I, I think that's so much fun to me. Like, 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 who's, who's your lantern? Who's your lantern? Who's your, like, like, okay, so, like, I got a basic idea of who you are based on, like, you know, just on human interaction. Um, cool. We're part of the core. We, we, we follow the same code. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the things that, uh, we do in New Era is, uh, a, a lot of, People think that indie wrestling is uh, ruled by gypsies and carnies, and it's a crooked business. But not at New Era. We've got yeah. we've got rules. That's true. We've got rules, and uh, that that doesn't make us better than anybody, not in the least bit. But uh, who's your who's your lantern, man? Like it's 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 a fun conversation, and getting to see them develop like. So many people. My my lantern is Guy Gardner. Sorry, <laughs> I have no lantern, so it's okay. <laughs> it's all right, but but you know what I'm saying. I'm so excited yeah. for that development and for that sort of discourse when people get like so excited when like you know their dude shows up or gal or alien or whatever you want to call it. And let's have some fun. We're all part of the same team. Yeah. We're all part of the same team. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, we got like we got Landers coming up. We got a Amanda Waller TV show coming up, mm-hmm. which apparently, from what I understand, is going to feature the uh, the cast of uh, Peacemaker. Please. So that could be nothing but glorious. Nothing but glorious. Every again, one James Gunner is James Gunniest. And bestest, bestiest, Gunniest. Yep. Hmm. I mean, not we. You know, we got a. We got. We also have a. We got a Swamp Thing horror movie coming out. Which should be amazing. 100%. Hopefully it'll go back to when he did uh, Slither, I believe it was. Oh, I'm like, don't do that to me, man, because uh, my favorite James Gunn movie is Slither. That, that's where it all started. That's where he first booked uh, freaking Nathan Fillion and um, helped me out here with his name. Awesome. Yondu. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's that's where he met um, all those guys and stayed, nice. stayed true to his the people that stayed true to him because they're in every single one of his movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not only we're we hitting those, you know, we're also hitting Booster Gold, which would be awesome. But we're also hitting uh, a super interesting part with the uh, the Trinity. We're gonna get their own set of movies. I wish I knew We've anything got... about that, man. I don't know anything about that, like. The, like, you're talking about, like, the the Batman movies? Well, no, the Trinity, like, just Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman, each oh. all getting their own individual thing. Gotcha. Um, freaking Superman's getting Superman Legacy, which apparently is going to be out July of 2025. We're going to get a younger Superman. Uh, not a young Superman, but a younger. But um, we're also getting a TV show, Paradise Lost, featuring the... Uh, Apparently, it's going to be a prequel to the Wonder Woman movies, which apparently they're going to still be in canon. 
but it's going to be basically apparently Game of Thrones like is what it was referred to as, which uh, could be super interesting, you know, for getting uh, a pre Diana Themyscira. You know, we've never really had that on TV, so that could be super interesting. No, not at all, especially after they focused on that in, uh, you know, Justice League and uh, a bunch of the books lately. Mm hmm. Yeah, we got a uh, we got super. We're gonna doing a Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow ser- uh, film, which apparently is gonna be based around a series that came out a few years ago, and um, it's basically Supergirl growing up on a piece of Krypton. So this version of Supergirl is gonna be a little more jaded than uh, than Superman. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, like, if you grew up in a... I mean, like, growing up in, you know, small town Smallsville, where everything is nice and peaceful, and you got mom and pa Kent taking care of everything, but if you don't have that in front of a yellow sun, yeah, that that's extremely interesting. Yeah. And then, uh, rounding it out, we got, uh... We got what I'm looking forward to the most, obviously. We got Brave and the Bold. Which is going to feature Batman and Damian Wayne Robin. Oof. So not only are we getting Robin, we're getting Damian in live action in a movie, and apparently um, they're not just—it's not going to be only Damian. We're also going to get the canon that comes with Damian. It's going to yeah. be everything leading up to it. You know, we're going to have—we don't—we're not necessarily going to get him in this movie, but we could possibly have. A Dick Grayson Nightwing. We get a Red Hood. We get a Tim, freaking Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Freaking spoiler. Freaking you know, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Freaking Cassandra Kane. You know, we're we're probably not getting all of them in this movie, but that you know, that canon is going to be coming with it. So that can only be a good thing. Damien's one of the first. McFarlane figures I bought, and I bought him over a bunch of people that were way cooler than it. Well, what I would assume other people would think was cooler than him, but mm-hmm. he came with the sword. And that's all I needed to see. Like McFarlane knew yeah. what he was doing. Like he came with the sword, <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, like he knew what he was doing. I can't wait to see a Damien. But uh, whoever they pick for Babs and Dick are gonna be like, you better be careful because you're gonna serious seriously chafe us if you do do us wrong on this and uh i think i think you're 100 percent correct that we're gonna get that that sort of canon but if you know gun does what he does and he stays true to the product and i i I assume i would like to assume that if he picks someone that they're gonna be like our main babs and dick for a while and you know how partial i am to them yeah I mean, that's the thing, though, is freaking James Gunn took a group of nobodies in Guardians of the Galaxy and made them household names. He re- he, Even though, you know, the Suicide Squad didn't do the numbers monetarily they would have liked, it was a far superior movie than the original. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where James Gunn goes with uh, with his plan. Apparently there's a a 10-year plan in the works, and this is only the first part of it. Oh, and I'm, I'm hoping... I'm hoping against hope that they give him full reins, but I seriously doubt it, because every time someone does something really good... They even messed with Christopher Nolan when he was making those. Um, that 
you know, the, the too many cooks in the kitchen doesn't overrule things. And uh, mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope that we see this vision because everyone always doubts DC in terms of the movie, like the live action movies that they're going to be able to mm-hmm. pull something off. But, you know, we, we've liked, we've liked things hope against hope. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think D I, I think, you know, they had that rough patch in the beginning, but I think overall, you know, the last five years, they've had a thing. I think I feel like they've had more hits than misses. I agree. I agree 100% with you on that one, especially because, like, most of the Marvel movies are since uh, Endgame have been garbage. Like, yeah. They're... I mean, there's, there's a couple I've really, really enjoyed, but it's, again, been more, you know, unfortunately, been more misses and hits, I feel like. Eternals, you know, give me a break. Eternals, Eternals was what it was. Doctor Strange wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, freaking, you know, I the only ones I really liked, I liked freaking Spider Man, uh, No Way Home, of course. Shang Chi, Shang Chi, I thought was amazing, and Black Widow. Oh, Black Widow was Black Widow was gnarly, but that was like I kind of feel like they're finishing off something they were like contractually obligated to finish off, but. Now, yeah, they. I mean, she she should have been the first female led. Oh, hundred percent Marvel movie anyway. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a that's a debate for a whole other episode. Oh, that, that'll be an hour. That'll be an hour. Like then we're gonna have to talk about Lionheart and Ironheart and just. It's not worth the discussion on some of those decisions uh-huh. they made, but hey, it is what it is. But it, the the one thing that I always. Because, uh, and I assume that you get this a lot too, when people ask you, uh, okay, you like comics, which ones are good? I want to like show my kid or watch something with my significant other. Uh, what should we watch? Uh, or if they ask you, especially if they ask you, did you like this movie? I never tell them that I hated it. Mm-hmm. Not once. Even if I absolutely despise the movie. Because the whole point of the movie to me in my heart, which is usually, you know, you know, you know me, but does it get you to buy comic books? Yeah, we bought some, we went and got some graphic novels. We, you know, we asked old George over at Muse and Mr. Ed over at uh, Ed's comic books what books we might want to read. And we bought some comic books and we really liked them. Great. Those movies were awesome. Yeah. Those movies were awesome. And I'm so glad you bought the books because you bought the freaking books. <laughs> you bought the books, man. Uh, if you don't want me asking, are there any particular um, like uh, graphic novels or uh, books that you read to Mr. Morales Jr. there as a, a small little pup? Yeah, there was some very uh, one of the exact. I think it was Spider-Man Adventures we used to read. It came out with like 13 issues. But it was like all three of the, uh, it was Spider Man, Ghost Spider, and Miles Morales. Nice, and they they were fun. Those are the only really ones I've ever read for him. He's got he's got like three comic books in his little collection right now. But they're all they're all decent ones. I think it's like one of the first Sonic comics, one of the, uh, an old uh, Godzilla book, and uh, a freaking do do uh do a power bomb issue one, which was signed by his. Uh, his godmother, who was on the cover, and Christopher Daniels and Colt Cabana. Yeah, um, 
That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. That's like that, that's just like wrestling family coming together. That's people like taking care of each other. That's awesome. That's cherished. Nah. That needs to be on the wall. It is. <laughs> Gnarly. It's on where you can't get to it quite yet. Yeah, that reminds me. We gotta get our uh, Jim Lee and uh, Jim Lee photos uh, printed out and and framed. Um, that was a good day. It was a good day. Freaking, I saw that uh, Eartha Kitt's going to be at Denver Comic-Con this year. Yes, she is. Eartha Kitt, and then also someone really cool popped up on the Colorado Springs one that I popped for. Um, okay. Let me look it up real quick in space at the moment. Colorado Springs. Ben Templesmith? No, Rufio! Oh, nice. Okay. Rufio, I would love to meet Rufio. Dante Briscoe, absolutely. That that dude, like like, a lot of people like like go back and rewatch Hook and tell me that Rufio isn't way better than freaking Peter Pan. Absolutely not. <laughs> he didn't win the fight. Yeah, but he still fought. Of course he fought, but he didn't win. Yeah, but he was a child. <laughs> he was a child. Winner, winners always, winners always want the ball. Uh, can't like minefielders. We have uh, specific rules here at minefields, and uh, replacement rules trump everything. And Mister Tronomeros is right. Winners always want the ball. Exactly. And beating Hook was not part of the playbook. I do not like how much you like have access to this head here. It's all right. But replacements, guys, just watch the movie. Everything that happened in that movie, don't eat too many eggs before. Especially don't. For a football game. Too many eggs for a football game. I was thinking about it that. Be, it should be easy, but no. I was thinking about that uh, on the way home the other day because uh, um, someone, uh, one of my customers was telling me, like, hey, never say never. Never say never. And I said, like, hey, you never know. You know, uh, freaking Undertaker, you know, uh, not Undertaker, uh, Ultimate Warrior made peace with Vince, and um, none of us saw that coming. And uh, yeah, just Triple H. Well, that's different. He like, facilitated it. Like, what if uh, one of our old bookers wanted us to work with us with him again? Like, and I was like, no, 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 no. We're saying never. <laughs> They say never, say never. We're saying never. And then I was, I was thinking of yep. replacements. And uh, yeah, no, no, just uh, yeah, we got a good thing going, man. This uh, the way we run things is great. Yeah, it but, definitely uh, works. <laughs> what uh, what else are you popping for, man? Because that booster gold thing, man. Um, that hit he took uh, in uh, Doomsday. It was gnarly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I thought he was yeah. dead for sure. Uh, like, it looked like his face was melting off. Uh, he was hit so hard. Uh, Dan Jurgen do that so well. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's the one I'm excited for. Uh, well, my number one is Amanda Waller. Uh, but you said that one of the other ones was your number one. If you don't mind me asking, why? Oh, I just love Batman, and I'm really... You know, we've talked about it before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, solo character, but he's always had this these people around him and the fact that we're actually getting to possibly see these people 
you know, it's about time. You know, we haven't had a Robin in 20 years since at least 25 years. If you look back like 1997, I actually found something a little bit sooner earlier because I was looking at Justin Long's IMDb. He played Robin in a little short film, a little uh, fan film, but that doesn't really count. But No, not at all. That's ridiculous. Justin Long rules, dude. Dodgeball was awesome. Tusk. There was a good two years where he was in every movie. But he was, he was uh, awesome. Uh, uh, no, that doesn't count. I, I'm not going to argue with the DC, the, the, the DC buff. Yeah. No. Freaking, but yeah, we haven't had freaking a real Robin in twenty five years. I never. So it's about time we get one. I never considered Chris. What's his name? A real Robin. He just wasn't Chris robbing me. He just wasn't well, robbing me. Wrong. Well, he's the only one we've had. So. Yeah. Well, other than uh, what's his name uh, from the sixties, but he was cool. Yeah, Burt Ward was great, but he was before our time. Burt Ward. I got a real kick out of uh, my mom telling me, like, it's funny, like, uh, God, I was like, we're, we're going to a, a state cell, and she's like, it's funny you like wrestling so much. And I was like, why? And she was like, your, your grandfather, who was my uh, first best friend before he passed, um, he's the, uh, you know that uh, rosary, this dame one from my... Uh, Rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that. I got that from his funeral. Uh, he was my first best friend, and she's like, he was obsessed with with wrestling. Saturdays, we'd watch pro wrestling. He was all about it. And she's like, I wish I could tell. Oh, you nice. Who, I wish I could tell you who his guys were. Uh, but uh, we used to rest home to watch Star Trek and uh, Batman and Robin. And, it, like, it, 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 it made me feel, like, you know, um, indoctrinated. Like, it was in my blood. Okay. Like, it was in my blood to, like, good stories and, um, you know, just, just the, good, the good things of life, man. Because, honestly, like, you and I would be bank robbers if we didn't have comic books or wrestling. <laughs> no, you're probably right. I can see it. Yeah. But uh, anything else that you're popping for on Lisky here? Nah, really. I'm interested to see how the Swamp Thing's gonna go. Like I've always kind of had a soft spot for Swamp Thing. I think that'll be a lot of fun to really kind of get to the a crazy horror aspect of it. I'm. You know, it'll be Blue Beetle's another one I'm really I'm into. So freaking, it'll be interesting to see what that is, especially since that'll be the first film after. The reset, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, how they handle that. Especially if they was like, so DC guys, uh, why are you resetting the universe? Uh, it's what we do. <laughs> it's what we do, and uh, sadly yes. Uh, but like, even the resets have happened since like after Flashpoint. I have had no complaints. They, they're yeah. like uh, we did a uh, rebirth was solid. New Fifty Two, I liked. My only complaints are, like, little, like, rinky-dink ones. Like, I miss, like, wh- why didn't you continue Voodoo? Because um, it wasn't selling? Okay, I get it, but I really liked it because you could just kept doing it. <laughs> and just been subscriber only. Uh, I really like Jonah Hex. Um, what else are the new 52? But uh, you get what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's time to like it's time to let some of the true blues freaking shine, man. Like Damien, Dick, Babs. Uh they could even do like can you imagine how much money they would make if they did a Batgirls written by Bucky Coonan? As a, yeah, the as, see what they did with it, man. Anim- animated series, like, like, could you imagine being like? Because we used to come home from school, and everyone that was, you know, killing it was a dude or someone our age or someone that was like similar to us that was a little bit older. But a Batgirl mm-hmm. series as like full blown like, you know, animated series. Like, let the girls reign. We get Babs every now and then. We get Dick. We get, um, and no, that's his name. Minefielders, that's not one. Um, we, we, you know. Oh, it counts. <laughs> I'm paid up already. I'm paid up on my abuela friendly. <laughs> Except for the bet. That's true. Yeah, some of a, yeah, some of a bitch. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, we'll get to, we'll get to the bet here in a bit. I'm really looking forward to uh, the Amanda Waller one, man, because uh, I just love that woman. She's my top DC villain because she just, she, I think she's better than Lex Lex Luthor, man. She the the, the thing about Amanda Waller though is is she really a villain or is she just willing to do the uh, you know do the things freaking other people aren't willing to do. How would you feel if they did something that showed her day-to-day? Like, cause remember we saw one issue where she was, like, playing golf with some senators and she got really ticked off, and uh, other issues where she was hobnobbing with, you know, some up-and-ups, and it it confused me considering that she has way more power than them, and they think that she's just some chick that's in the government. And yeah. It, there's so much intricities about her that I really enjoy, and uh, well, we'll see what happens. But yeah, hmm. I don't know. I, I I don't think I'd like it. I think I would hate Amanda Waller like going to the grocery store. Uh, we're not getting or Amanda like, Waller going to the grocery store, dude. She's. Got I, think, I think that would be horrible. I think you need that that air mystery. Like, what is she gonna do next? Oh, we're not because she's that. gonna do something. Because she's gonna do all the crazy stuff that nobody else can do because she's the wall. No, she'd be. We'd and be it is what it is. We'd be getting things like, if I was writing it, if we were getting some intricities with Amanda Waller, we'd be getting the nightmares she has. We'd get a small little salt and pepper of the the politicking that she has to do while grinning and bearing it. And then we'd get what I really want is her making the hard decisions because the decisions she makes are not only hard, but like a lot of people are going to die. And I want to know the reasoning. I want to see that. I want to see that where like, I don't want to see her tossing and turning in bed with her boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever you want to call it. Just, I want to see the intricities of how she makes the, these hard decisions because when she makes these hard decisions, she says it with a smile on her face and do not F with me because I'm going to get my way. 
And if you mess with me, it's going to hurt bad. Yeah. Not, we're not talking jail. You're all dead. <laughs> You're all dead. And uh, one of my favorite parts about Suicide Squad, it took a freaking uh, golf cl- uh, club to the head to knock her out. Yep. And uh, also the fact that her uh, underlings had the guts to stand up to her. But uh, that's neither here nor there. But just I'm just uh, postulating how much I love Miss Amanda Waller. But um, I love her getting beaten with a golf club. Well, I didn't. I didn't like that at all. It actually really bothered me. <laughs> like, like, no, not the face. <laughs> Full on Bateman, not the face. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I got for that man. You got anything left that you're uh, popping for? Um, yeah. Nah, man. They were. Yeah, they were good. Uh, I think one of the interesting things is they're talking about doing uh, like the actors that play all the roles are going to continuously play the roles. They're going to be playing the roles in video games. If they're doing the cartoons, you're playing the roles in the cartoons, uh, stuff like that. You know, I think I the only that. that's awesome. Yeah, the only time we're really going to be getting that that we've had that previously is a uh, Matt Ryan doing Constantine. He was playing Constantine in the uh, in the animated universe as well as in the CW universe. So I really hope they. Uh, I'm not going to lie, personally, I really hope they find a spot for Matt Ryan as Constantine going forward. You shouldn't lie. He's the best Constantine ever. I mean, I I was pretty chapped that freaking Keanu Reeves was playing it, but I love Keanu Reeves, and I really loved the movie, and it really worked, but, like, he's not Constantine. Matt Ryan is Constantine. Hands down. Indeed. It, th- that's like saying that, that uh, he was born to play Constantine, the, like the way that uh, freaking uh, Robert Downey Jr. was born to play freaking Tony Stark. Yeah. Like, if I was, like, because he was on um, Stephen Colbert, uh, Keanu Reeves, and uh, mm-hmm. he asked him, what movie would you want to do if you could do it any movie? And he's like, I want to be John Constantine again. And, okay, uh, the movie isn't bad. I really liked it. But, like, after everything we've seen with Matt Ryan... It would have to be something where he was the twin. I know the twin was a, was the sister, but um, it'd be a easy fix for Matt Ryan to come in and save the day, or they have a little tete-a-tete or something like that. But like, in uh, in no way should you make this next John Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves not include Matt Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's John Con- he's John Constantine so good he's even in the freaking cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the first shows we did. We talked about um, Justice League Dark and uh, yeah. and uh, the John Constantine movie. Like that was nuts. That was a hard R, and it wasn't mm-hmm. hard R to be hard R. It was just that's how you tell a Johnny story. And, yeah. Uh, uh, by the way. Um, the, the dude from, uh, and I always forget the name of the store that's real close to me. Uh, REC? REC was saying that uh, we've got the old man Constantine, Swamp, Dark, what's the, what we call old man Constantine. What's the, Green Hell. Green Hell. Green Hell. Coming out soon. 
uh, and they yep uh, issue two should be coming out in February, I believe. Yep, and they re. Well, it's February first now. Yeah, and they released it as a second print just to get people hyped for it, and you should. Mm-hmm. But I don't blame them. Um, the artwork was fully painted. Yeah. That's a hard job. The book, it's really the one, uh, it's the one dark uh, black label that hasn't been completed yet. I don't want to And it needs to be. Well, I mean, if we get two or three, we'll be fine. Um, But um, I'd like some old man Constantine with some, like, elder wisdom at old Johnny. It'd definitely be interesting to see what they, uh, what they finally do about it. Hmm. Yeah, we got some DC good going on. Uh, we've got uh, Night at the Moxbury tomorrow. Um, if you uh, people are not up in uh, the info when it comes to subscribing to any wrestling, uh, make sure you subscribe to the $5 over at Fight, and you'll get the uh, indie wrestling uh, included. You're not going to get UFC uh, whatever number or... Uh, New Japan or AEW, but you're going to get the uh, the good uh, meat and potatoes of the indie wrestling uh, GCW. I'm forgetting a couple, I know. Um, because I sent, I sent it to you last night, like, like we have access tonight, and uh, we get Impact, and Impact's doing well. Um, what do you want to go to next, man? Like, we got a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to discuss. Yeah, nah, man, you were... You were talking about training day earlier. What was up with that? Yeah, um, I appreciate you asking. Um, training day really kind of messed me up. Like, the last time I saw it, I I, I took my mom to the movies to see training day because she likes uh, cop movies. And uh, um, I've watched, like, every single, like, special victims unit, uh, Chicago PD. I mean, like, I like a lot of true crime and I like a lot of crime movies. But uh, the thing about it that messed me up watching this movie for the first time, I haven't watched this movie since, like, two, like I think, like, 2004. I th- like, I think I saw half of it, like, on HBO 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. the, the thing that, like, really, like, triggered me on this one is the fact that every time I watch a Law & Order episode... You know, you know that the freaking guest star is probably the one that did it and maybe why he did it, like, within the first 15 minutes. There's no wasted mm-hmm. dialogue. But when you're watching a movie, you've got, like, two, two, maybe three hours if you're watching a really good crime drama with Martin Scorsese. But there's no wasted dialogue. And I'm watching this movie, and I know how the ending ends. I know that, you know... um, Denzel Washington betrays uh, Ethan Hawke, and uh, I'm spoilers. Ma- I'm making dinner, and uh, spoilers. When he's dealing with those uh, that like uh, you know that group of white dudes that are like head of FBI and all that sort of stuff, and uh, like, hey, mm-hmm. I heard you mess up with the Russians the other day. Hey, don't worry about it. And yeah, we were worried about it. You screwed up. And freaking, um, okay, I'll help you out with one thing, and then I gotta do another thing. Um, as he's leaving, he calls a guy up on his phone and says, make sure that bathtub is clean. 
Okay. So, Alonzo is, you know, he's wheeling and dealing the whole time. Make sure mm-hmm. bathtub's ain't no big deal. And uh, Ethan Hawks, like, you know, like, he sees him put the money in one car and take off in another car. And goes picks up the car that they were in. And, like, the valet's like, okay, what car is it? It's the one with, you know, it's the, the black Cadillac with the, all the shots in the back. And then my point is, is that the movie was so good, it turned off my writer instincts. Okay. Have you ever, like, how often do you watch something yourself, Mr. Tony Morales, that you see coming? And how often does it ruin the joy of enjoying the story? Yeah, I wouldn't say it necessarily ruins the joy of it, but, like, very often I find myself just kind of like, okay, that happened. That's, okay, that's cool. He said but, like, that, yeah. getting the, uh, getting the, to the level of disbelief where you get into something. Yeah. It's definitely, it's difficult. Like, it's not, it's not as easy as it was, you know, back in the day when freaking... You know, everyone, you know, you thought everything was real and it was just like, oh, okay, this is awesome. Or, oh, oh my God, that, you know, that didn't, I didn't see that coming. It's been a while. Yeah, very, very few, yeah, it's very few and far between. It's difficult as someone that analyzes stories um, the way we do. And uh, I wanted to point out this particular tale because it's something I know a lot of people have seen. But when was the last true time? just like I asked you, that you minefielders were surprised. Not only were you surprised, but if you had been told the tale, like the gist of the story, before you walked into the movie, and, okay, this guy's going to betray this guy, and he's setting up the whole time, and you'd be like, yeah, I'll figure it out myself. And then you, you think you're going to obviously see it, but the story is so good and engrossing. And absolutely just envelops you in the world that is going on. I mean, Ethan Hawke's character started crying in front of him. Like, like, like save that little girl at the beginning. And um, it, I'm watching this movie. I know what's going on. I've seen the movie before. Uh, it reminds me of the time when I first, uh, the first time I watched Psycho. Have you ever watched Psycho? Mm-hmm. I watched the remake of the, of Psycho first. Like uh, I never saw the original one. Uh, I saw the uh, remake with uh, Vince Vaughn. I knew that uh, Norman Bates is the the killer. Yeah, and he, he's the killer. Then I watched the original one, and the story was so engrossing. I was like, no freaking way. It's it, it's oh, that's awesome. it still surprised me. No freaking way. Like the, the performance was so good that Norman Bates that I knew is the killer. That still got you, huh? It still got me. It still got me. And watching Training Day, and the reason I bring this up is because I want all you minefielders, because we walk the minefields, this is the whole point of the freaking thing in the first place, is to do that, don't write a freaking Law and Order SVU episode, and you know that uh, guest star John Stamos is probably the rapist and killer. 
Write something to Wassel. Yeah, no, not that happened actually. Um, do so, do so well, and create the story that even those that have seen it know it are going to be surprised. And that's like I, I, I remember like talking to my roommate last night. And he's like, "Yeah, I, like I know he was setting him up." I'm like. Yeah, but, like, we knew he was setting them up. But, like, the story was so good that we didn't care. Yeah. We didn't care, and we got some of the best surprises of everything. Remember when uh, Ethan Hawke's character got the gun to Lonzo? And he's freaking, like, you know, like, you know, he, he, like, jumps off the roof, and he's shooting at him, and he's still beating him up through the window, and he pulls him out and pulls a gun in his head, and we're going to do, shoot me? And everyone surrounds him in the hood. Uh, I'm not... Like, these people are... They know they live in a... Not crime, environmentally controlled area. And uh, this cop that has a stranglehold over them, and they see this white boy... The only one to stick up for himself and to stick up for everybody. Yeah. Has just knocked the dog shit out of Alonzo. One. It counted. And you know that was good. Um, it was all right. Yeah. And they give they give him the gun. You do your own dirty work. And then they pick up the gun and say, get out of here. Get out of here. We got yeah. your back. Take the money, get out of here. They could have taken the money. They didn't care. They wanted nothing to do. The story was so good. And the stranglehold he had on that neighborhood was so awful that they let this rookie cop, which they established early in the beginning of the story, that you're a rookie cop. Mm -hmm. We know it. Yeah. And then uh, for let him to walk away with millions of dollars in a duffel bag. And the other thing that they also established is the, um, is what I'd like to think of as the, like, when, you, when you're placing little, like, surprises and things that really pay off. At the beginning, he tells them, do you want to die or do you want to go home tonight? Yeah. They said it, like, probably four times in the movie. Do you want to die or you want to go home tonight? And you know what happened in the end? He went home. He did. He went home. That's how it ended. He went home. We didn't see his wife waiting for him. He just pulled up and he got home. Yeah. And the way they established that story was masterful. Just masterful. So good that you didn't even realize that you forgot that you knew you're a writer and that you were somebody that uh, can predict what's gonna freaking happen. Um, yeah. He got home. They established that. Do you want to die or do you want to go home? And he pulled into the house and in, into his driveway, and he walked in his door, and we didn't get any like uh, how he had like buried all the cops that were dirty. No, no, no. That didn't matter. Got home. Got home. That's all that mattered. Yep. And uh, uh, I'm. That sort of writing is very difficult. (laughs) 
Like, it, it, has, any, it. has anything ever surprised you? Something like... Uh, even if you knew it or didn't know it, I mean, is there anything that ever really, like, knocked you off your socks where, like, I can't believe it just happened? I think the last time, like, especially, like, going back to wrestling, probably. Please. The last time it really freaking knocked my socks off would be when the first time Foley won the belt. Oh, that was a good night. Like, uh, I remember, I knew it, because I knew... <laughs> I knew Guerrero was going to win the belt when he when he won it. No way out of five. Like I just felt it in my bones. It was time. And freaking, but fully, fully was a surprise. You didn't think it would happen. The night they turned the channel. And, yeah, you were better for you. Everyone was better off for it. Hmm. You know, it shouldn't have happened. It, like a year or two ago, it wouldn't have happened, and it did. There was a lot. Yeah, that, that was, was a done. big. That was a big deal. There was a lot going on that show, like, because Foley, like, because it started out with DX versus, um... Corporation. And and then, like, uh, Triple H did what he had to do, but when Foley's bending Shane's leg, it's a no DQ. Mm -hmm. It's a no DQ. It's a no DQ. All right, fine. And then when it happened, man, like that was awesome. That was that was probably that's probably my favorite raw of all time. Yeah, uh, it was solid. But that was like I said, that was the last time I could probably say I was genuinely surprised by an outcome. It's difficult because you've been you've been in the wrestling business for twenty years now. Yeah, twenty plus. Yep, and uh, you you've seen so many different things go back and forth. But uh, uh, I wanted to present that to you as someone that gets so engrossed in stories because I know you do um just as a simple like uh, a writer's workshop little bit here as we're doing okay work hard enough to confuse the people that know stories work hard enough work hard enough to for them to forget they're in a movie theater and they're in the back seat of uh, Alonzo's uh, Cadillac there and mm-hmm. running along the the rooftops with Ethan Hawke you know trying to get some justice there now I'm not gonna not gonna lie I love seeing all of uh, what was her name Eva Eva Torres no Eva Mendez Eva Mendez Eva Mendez we get to see the whole moon That was a good day. Thank you, Dever. <laughs> That's what you take from this, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, minefielders, work hard to work as hard as you can to confuse the people and engross people in your stories that they're not calling it. That they're the story is so good. That they forget that they are trying to, like, what, what do they say wrestling all the time? Oh, the re- the story writes itself. Like, uh, get away from that. Have some fun. Do do yourself a favor and really engross yourself in your characters, in your writing, and 
get to the point where even the most, um, you know, grisliest writer is going to be like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. That's why I got on that, man. I appreciate letting me go on a rant on that one because that was actually really important to me because that's, like, I mean, it's not like Ty, like you, you knew Tyler Durden was Jack the whole time, you know? Yeah. Um, but training day, you knew he was going to screw him over, and they distracted you enough with great story that you forgot about it. And you, yeah. were, you were in Ethan, e- Ethan Hawke's seat. Mm-hmm. He, made him, he made him cry, man. <laughs> like, made it, he made him yeah. smoke PCP. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely went hard on him, man. Shoot. But yeah, no, that kind of brings me up to my next point, man. You know, we talked about... Uh, please. Please. Royal Rumble was this past weekend. And, like, that's one of the... Uh, what's one of the key points of the Rumble is the surprises. You know, surprise appearances. You know, even if you... <clears throat> even if you've got a... Oh, you, you know who's going to win. Because sometimes it's pretty easy to figure out who's going to win. We all knew Cody was going to win. Yeah, but uh, you know it's it's the surprises. It's one of the things that makes the rumble the rumble. Is that they you know, who's going to come out? Who's going to come out next? You got ten seconds to figure it out. You know we'll we'll sit around and we'll freaking we'll be like oh well, who's going to come out next? It's going to be this guy or this guy or this person. You know and freaking you know it's one of the things that makes the rumble the rumble. Is that the there's legitimately a mystery to it, and there's no. There's no way to fully tell unless you come down to the wire with the, uh, you know, 30th entrant. And they're like, oh, it's got to be this guy. Right. You know, but that's one of the things that makes the Rumble special. You know, and I think we kind of, I feel like they kind of missed the boat this year. They really could have, you know, added that little intri- little extra entry padding. You this, know, this was the worst Rumble I've ever seen. Oh, it's def- I, I wouldn't say it's the worst by a long shot. I've definitely seen well, worse. Let me rephrase it. This is the least entertaining Rumble I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't even know if I'd say that, but freaking, it just it. There just weren't surprises. Like there, there were definitely some real some like uh, Gunther going the the freaking from number two to being the last guy there because he wasn't a guy you'd expect to do it. Uh, more so for the way he's using his uh, ability. But, you know, you got to see that freaking, you know, Cody winning was obvious, but it was still the right decision. You know. Um, I agree. It was definitely a uh, definitely a shorter rumble. But, like, I just, like, they're really, like, Logan Paul coming back was what it was. Booker T coming back was kind of cool. That was cool. But they really kind of missed missed the boat on having some cool people coming in. You know, I think that was, you know, we made the made the bet of who, oh, who's going to come in. And, you know, neither one of us got anything in the men's rumble. No, we didn't get nothing in the men's rumble. We didn't get nothing in the men's rumble. Like, both of us completely lost on that one. Yeah. But, like, it was, you know, I... You know, it was what it was. It was, you know, I think there were only two or three people that came out that were surprised, and none of them were, you know, like, Booker T's cool. 
But like, yeah, it's been done. I would have rather seen somebody else come back. Like, just a random like uh, a Gangrel appearance would have been phenomenal just for S's and G's. Oh yeah, or even yeah, like somebody you haven't seen in the Rumble in twenty years. I would have popped for Gilbert, man. <laughs> yeah, or like a, a Scotty Too Hotty appearance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, or, or as long as he does the worm, you're fine. Just do the worm. He gets thrown out. King grabs on the neck. You're out of here. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Those things happen. But you we know, NXT, we didn't get any NXT call ups. You know, even if it was just for a one nighter, it would have been. It would have been fun to have seen a Carmelo Hayes, or even a Grayson Waller or somebody, just get a couple minutes in there with the, uh, you know, with the top stars and see what you could do. Didn't our homeboy uh, debut on NXT today? Um, dude from Brooklyn. I didn't watch. Dude from Brooklyn. Bobby V. Yeah. Not that I know of. Okay, the, the tags. I haven't watched it, so. The tags were NXT, but it might have been something a little bit just under the tier. But even then, like uh, Bobby, uh, uh, in to in tune with something I mentioned to you off camera, and I had actually thought he'd retire. So. Yeah, worship Rikers. Remember we mm-hmm. saw him grab that dude by the neck that hated you. 30 feet. Um, yeah. yeah, he uh, he he tagged me in everything. Whatever he did. That's in, cool. Whatever he, he had, he, he tagged Minefield too. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, he tagged Minefield too. He uh, made sure that we were all tagged. And uh, uh, Bobby Munoz, uh, he's such a funny guy because, like, you'd expect this uh, freaking where his shoot job is working at Rikers to be this hardcore dude, but the guy's a... He just loves wrestling, and he enjoys meeting people, and freaking... Are you looking it up? Yeah, giving it a shot so I can find whatever... Yeah, Bobby Munoz, pretty sure everything was all NXT tagged. Um, yeah, that's what most guys do, though. Yeah, but he also... but Even if it wasn't NXT... He used our photo. Yeah, that's awesome. He used our photo for the uh, the graphics on the old, old Jumbotron. And that oh, was, nice. That was, that was nice. Like, Jesus, man. Working in Lubbock, like, we're half awake. <laughs> and and um, we're doing our best and freaking, like, where we debuted, um, freaking... He tagged us. He made sure that we were known. That was awesome. That was uh, Tony Morales and Joshua Michaels photo, minefield style. We got, we got our credit. That was nice. Awesome. So freaking. Well, yeah, no, I mean, freaking was that was a, you know, women's rumble was cool. They did the first time ever, woman going from bell to bell and Rhea Ripley. So that was a that was it was good, man. Freaking it just and that was the one I was able to slide in a point because freaking Zoe Stark made her appearance in the Rumble. Right. 
But even, I mean, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing as far as the women goes because freaking, you know, the first Rumble, they had, they didn't have enough women to do a Rumble. No, they It's so many girls they had to freaking bring in for that event. But, uh, you know, now they've gotten to a point where they've got enough women to do it. But it goes back to the whole thing. They were really, other than Roxanne Perez and Zoe Stark, there was no real surprises in it. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get one or the other. I, like I thought that we would get at least Alita. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. And the only debut the only debut we had was a uh, Chelsea Green, and then uh you know number good old number thirty the mighty Nia Jax coming back the uh one of the great the missing piece of the bloodline. So I'm, you know, looking forward to seeing, you know, much more Nia Jax every Monday and Thursday and Friday night. For real? I think she's. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's gonna be phenomenal. I hate that woman. The, the irresistible object, the immovable object, the irresistible force. Yeah, she's a hot fat. The chick. missing piece. The missing piece of the bloodline. <laughs> she's like the, the Rock's first... actual cousin. The yeah, but then how, what are we gonna do later? Like. This is the Rock's fifth cousin. Like, I, like she can't. They've wrestle. literally been doing that for the last ten years. She can't. She can't wrestle. Yeah, she can. No, she can't. She's a, for, she's a former women's champion. Yeah, because they have the belt on her. Absolutely not. I. I. And under no circumstances will you ever convince me. She won it at WrestleMania. It doesn't matter. Oh, you're wrong. That woman doesn't wrestle. She's just. She's a brawler. So were so many of your favorite wrestlers, though. Yeah, but I have such a chip on my shoulder about her. That sounds like a you problem, not a Nia problem. It is, it is definitely a me problem. And Minefielders, if, I, if you like Nia Jax, um, I'm not telling you to not like her. It is my problem. I just, the, the amount of people she's hurt and... The best Samoan drop in the business. You think so? Name one person with a better Samoan drop. That's not fair, because you know what? I never remember that stuff. Um, best best leg drop since Hulk Hogan. That I can... I get it. She's a power. I, I, I just don't like this woman, man. I just don't think she belongs in wrestling. You've never met her. How can you not like her? Well, it, it doesn't matter if I like her as a person. I'm talking about as a wrestler. There's plenty of people Again, that sounds like a you problem. Yeah, that's a me problem. All right, and th- that's actually a great point. That's actually a great point. I've been screwing with you this whole time. I think she's horrible. I just like making fun. I just want to make you believe my point. <laughs> no, no, I believe I will believe that point because there's people that I am. Uh, I take one look at and I want. I don't want anything to do with them. And that's okay because it's wrestling. And that's such his life. Yeah. Well, that's what I got from the, uh, well, the Royal Rumble was great. Uh, my buddy Cody came over like usual when we watch, uh, he lives like a couple blocks away from me and, uh, took up a tokes and freaking drank a lot of whiskey and drank out of the fine china. And, uh... Kevin Owens mug? Kevin Owens mug. Well, 
The, that's the uh, pint. Then I got the 7-Eleven from back in the day. Did I tell that story on camera before? Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, I might have been drunk, though. Who knows? Who knows? No, uh, freaking all my doormates at the time, they called me the F word. It's fine. And uh, we were always watching uh, freaking SmackDown and Raw. And uh, I stopped over at 7-Eleven on, on the way back to the dorms. And, uh, you know, you get 7-Eleven, they're always selling those gimmick giant, like, you know, trucker coffee cups and stuff. And uh, freaking um, they had WWE ones. And I was like, sign me up. And it came with a free poster. And got back to my dorm, sipping on some uh, cherry Pepsi. And they're like, where'd you get that? 7-Eleven. Multiple F-words thrown at me. We don't do that here at the show, but... Uh, Fantastic, frugal, phenomenal, I don't know, phenomenal starts with a PH. <laughs> um, On minefields, it just starts with an F. Um, but uh, we, we... We don't misspell it, minefields. We are watching Raw, and uh, ha- I'm still sipping on my cherry Coke, and uh, freaking half of the show, Carlos is like, where'd you get that? No, seriously, where'd you get it? 7-Eleven, right? Right off Central. I live in Albuquerque. And the show ends. Like, this is like three hours later, man. Daniel, mm-hmm. AJ, Carlos, like, we want to, like, where'd you get it? And we went to 7-Eleven, all gone. All gone. <laughs> like, even the posters. We had to go to, like, six or seven different uh, 7-Elevens in Albuquerque to get these three guys, their giant... Uh, Slurpee mugs and the posters. We weren't mm-hmm. we weren't selling for nothing. It was it was just funny. Like yeah, like the the dude with the twenty five year old girlfriend that buys us beer every weekend that you're calling the F word showed up. Yeah. Twenty contention. I love it. Makes me happy. Yeah, you can question me. Nice, it's funny. Nice. You can question me. But, uh, let's do, uh, that's what I got for the Rumble, man. Uh, freaking, it was a good time. My buddy was over. We, uh, talked some crap. they would have made it better if Nia Jax would have run. Yeah, you just, uh, it's not fair. Could you imagine, for the record, though, could you imagine that entire crowd if it would have come down to Nia Jax versus freaking Rhea Ripley and Nia would have won? That crowd would have lost their minds. Yeah, because I've been in... I was there in freaking Dallas, and I was there in freaking uh, uh, New Orleans. I can imagine it. We'd have put up with it and then complained about it. But we were the only smart enough to leave uh, halfway through Roman Reigns and freaking uh, uh, Brock Lesnar and get home faster. It was bad. It was they bad. all were bad. It was so bad. As long as we don't get Roman, Roman versus freaking Brock at the Rumble, you'd be, or Mania, you're all right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we were like 10 minutes into Roman and Brock, and we are like, hey, let's get the hell out of here. And yeah. uh, we called an Uber, and we got back to the hostel in like 10 minutes. And then our buddies that were th- that stayed still like got back three hours later. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds about right. 
I just remember back in the day when they did the uh, the second one night stand when it was freaking Cena versus RVD for the belt, and that remember that that sign in there: "If Cena wins, we riot." And it was like one match, and freaking Cena Cena knew how to play that crowd, man. Cena knew how to be everything that crowd needed to be. But we have literally put up with Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the last eight years. Yeah, eight years. And it's never gotten... Uh, Like, everyone wants to talk bad about the Cena. You know, Cena's freaking reign of terror, basically. (laughs) Cena was on top, and he was untouchable. I know the reign of terror is a Triple H thing. But, like, everyone everyone wants to talk all that nonsense on Cena for freaking not being the guy, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Roman versus Brock Lesnar has been, like, this generation's basically Rock versus Stone Cold. And it never had any business being in that category. No. Under no... Oh, uh, yeah. uh, Like, we, we never saw freaking, uh, like, Roman Reigns almost get run over by uh, freaking uh, John Cena's truck. And the, uh, the Kevin Owens hit him on a golf cart once. Yeah, no, I remember that. But we never saw the belt get thrown into the freaking levee. <laughs> well, well, that that's the thing though. Like like I said, talk, comparing him to Cena, freaking Cena had classic matches with CM Punk. He had classic matches with Edge. He solidified Edge the main eventer. And like for the last seven or eight years. What has Brock versus freaking Roman done for anybody? Piss us off. Yeah, exactly. Like, Roman never became, you know, never solidified himself as a guy until he got with Heyman. Ooh. Was what was, what was what actually solidified him. It wasn't fighting Brock. Like, Brock Lesnar has literally made, I think the one person that really kind of solidified as like would have solidified as a top tier guy, but didn't because of circumstances outside of their control, would have been Drew McIntyre Ooh. when he knocked him out of the twenty. Ooh. When he knocked him out. Ooh, you were so freaking right. 20, when he knocked him out of the twenty twenty Rumble, you were so right. But then the pandemic hit, and freaking Drew was like the guy through the pandemic, which obviously couldn't you know you couldn't solidify him as a guy. Because freaking, there were no fans. No. God damn it, I hate when you're right. Because <laughs> when you're that's right, you're one. right. Yeah, that's two. I got two. I made it through uh, pretty pretty, pretty clear. Yeah. You made it through the opening salvo. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get canceled yeah. before. I we I didn't even cancel ourselves before we started recording. Oh, we're in trouble then. Yeah. Jeebus. That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, freaking... Uh, you're yeah, right. I mean, You're, you are so they've right. Done it. They've done, what, three or four WrestleManias at this point? Oh, I mean, it's been like garbage five. every time. I want to say five. Like, freaking, I just, I can't stand it. Like, remember how everyone was so, like, if Roman Reigns, like you said earlier, Cena, we riot. But you're still there. <laughs> You're still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's been horrible the whole time. Like, Roman Reigns is just, like, it, none of it's worked. Like, there hasn't been a great Brock Lesnar match in years. I can't think of one good Roman Reigns match in the last six years. Yeah. 
Like, any time that people got really hyped about Roman Reigns was when... The last time I particularly remember it was when they were teasing the return of the Shield and then we brought it back, back in, like, 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 17. Yeah. And freaking... Um, after that, like, you know... It didn't happen, and no. just kind of fell flat. And just do something else. I don't yeah. care what you do else. Just don't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, he's not the. That's power the whole host. thing. That's the whole thing, man. It's freaking the. Uh, when it came down to it, the thing that finally fixed Roman was dropping all the shield stuff. When he dropped the freaking, he dropped the top. And he got new music, and all of a sudden he wasn't Shield Roman Reigns anymore. Was when people finally started accepting him. When he would finally just wrestle shirtless, and when he would finally not come out to the old Shield music, was when he got legit. Because up until then, he was the guy four years out of high school still wearing his Letterman's jacket. I agree up to a certain point. The uh, the time where I started seeing him doing something really well was when they started letting him do a little bit more uh, ad-lib on the mic when John Cena was like, uh, your zipper's broken. He's like, yeah, big dog. <laughs> I got a good pop. Of course, you, of course you would be down for that one line. Yeah. My zipper's been down a couple of times. That's because you forgot to zip it up. This is true, Mindfielders. Pay no attention. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get in some comics. Let's see a quick break. And uh, let's see what happens with the old uh, Sinestro. Yeah, we'll come back from a break. We'll do uh, What's in the Box and jump into the comic books. Yeah, What's in the Box, yeah. We're back. Quick little break. See you there. What's in the box? What's in the box? What do you have that's going to... The, the age-old question. Mm-hmm. Well, I could tell you it's an Incredible Hulk 180. Okay. I could tell you it's an Incredible Hulk 182. Or are you going to tell me it's both? No, it's, it's, not, it's not even Marvel. <laughs> No, I went to uh, Kapow the other day. Oh, wonderful gentleman. What's his name? Um, Martin. Martin, yes, sir. But, uh, no, freaking out. I can tell you it's a Daredevil number two. Oh, gnarly. No, it's not. But, uh, no, I freaking, uh, on top of being a uh, big proponent of the bats, I am also a pretty decent uh, Green Arrow fan. Ah, <laughs> you went <Okay>. back. <laughs> you went back. I, I, I didn't. Freaking, uh, we'll get into that story. That's a, that's an off-camera story on that one. All right, cool. But I didn't pick up the other. Uh, we had, we had, I picked up the first 25 of the uh, the Grell run from the late 80s. But no, I didn't pick that up. I actually picked up Green Arrow, 80 Years of the Emerald Archer, hardbound book. Oh, that's gorgeous. Hey, do you mind? Do you mind classics? Do you mind taking the uh, the dust jacket off? I want to see the uh, inside. Yeah, that's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Like, uh, yeah. so, 
my uh, old man. Like, I only have old man. I I only have a few uh, graphic novels, but one of them was the uh, old man Logan original line, and it's got that gorgeous magnificent cover. But you take it off, and it's all white, and it's got a silver, uh, silverish uh, blue, just the old school Wolverine logo in the front. That's awesome, man. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I got that too. Uh... My uh, my wife got me the Detective Comics one for Christmas a few years ago, so uh, this was a nice little accompanying piece. So, the only one no, there's a bunch of them. The only one I don't have that I'm really interested in getting is probably the uh, there's a Flash one that would be really fun to have. It basically lasts like fifty issues. <laughs> nah. Uh, my what's in the box is similar to yours because I also got it at uh, Kapow and uh, Mr. Martin sold it to me. But uh, you were actually part of this. I thought it was a calendar on the wall and then I realized what it was and I left my uh, phone in the car and I was like, do I think, is this what I think it is? And then you were immediately uh. first Zorn. Because you knew how that was missing out of my collection. You, you didn't hesitate for Sorn. It's one of the best parts about the hunt. The homeboy hookup. I didn't have to run the car. I didn't have to have keys. Yeah. That's for Sorn. It was $8. And Mr. Martin sold to me uh, a discounted price. Along with a bunch of other stuff that day. Uh, we had the... Like, he... You know, it's funny... Um, Obviously, Uncle Ed's the the godfather. But old Mr. Martin knows that when Tony Morales and Josh Michael walk in, we're about to spend some money. And, but he's also... I also don't feel like he's taking advantage of us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like... The only time I've ever been upsold... I think I mentioned this before, was I was at Muse and... Uh, George is like, hey, I don't want to upsell you, but I don't know how much you like Wolverine, but we got some Wolverine shot glasses, and like, just put it in the bag. <laughs> just put it in the bag. Like, like, like he just knew I'd want it. Like, and yeah. the the best comic shop, and the, the reason why I picked this particular book uh, is to tell that particular story uh, along with this one when they know what you want, and okay, they're, they're going to make some money, but they know it's going to make you happy. Like, I don't feel like when I spend money at Kapow or Uncle Ed's or Muse that they're trying to take advantage of me. Like, because uh, when I... Remember I told you, um, freaking, uh, I, I didn't realize that the next last Ronin was out. And I called Ed, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I didn't realize it was out. Can, do you have any left? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple. Which one do you want? You want the variant one? Of course I do. <laughs> and he's like, it's already in your box. It's already in your box, and that's such a, that's such a, uh, you can't just put something in a box that I didn't ask for. But if you knew I wanted it, and it's already waiting, waiting for me, because you knew that you were taking care of me, thank you so much. Way to take care of your customers. Uh, I consider Ed a, a good friend. Like, uh, if, uh... Yeah. I'd invite Ed to freaking Thanksgiving dinner. 
And he could he could tell me he was vegan and wanted to come to Thanksgiving dinner, and I'd find some everything. Joe Perky. Yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. And this uh, this particular issue means a lot to me because you knew how much it meant to me, and you saw me holding it, and you knew what I you knew I needed validation, and you yeah you didn't. That's what you want. Walk away with it. Walk away with it. Freaking, uh, it's the, one of the best parts of the hunt. Hook your homie up. Hook your homie up. Except that time he beat me up at the parking lot because of that Strife first edition. (laughs) Nah, you were slow. Nah, it was cool. That's on you. (laughs) This is true. At minefields, if you're slow, it's not going to happen. Nah. That was a good time, man, and I uh, appreciate you, and uh, you knew how much the first Zorn meant to me, and you just, like, you didn't hesitate. First Zorn, just get it. I already got a copy. I know, but even then, it's a good thing to have. Oh, yeah, the artwork is amazing, uh, Linnell Yu, with uh, Grant Morrison obviously writing, and... Um, Taking a chance on a, a different format of comic books that they introduced one of the most integral characters uh, in the past 20 years. Yeah. And took a chance on a different format, like I said, and deal with it. It's that good. And uh, that's another one point I wanted to meet, make was, you know, if it's good enough and you change the format, deal with it. You're going to like it. We know you're going to like it. Just give us a chance. And uh, that's what I got on the What's in the Box. But yeah, no, I think that might actually, especially with the uh, James Gunn take on the DC Universe is going to be, I think that's going to be a, a good mantra to live by. Just kind of give it a chance. You might like it. Give it a chance. I know what you like. Just... Sit back. We 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 got you. <laughs> mm. Uh freaking um Dorian always says, I got you. Bet. He always says that. I got you, bet. And he is always I think it's on a shirt actually. Always correct. Dorian mm. That's true. I, there's times where I show up and I don't like we still haven't figured out who he's wrestling. <laughs> and uh freaking no, oh, it's gonna be great. Fine. Oh, those new era Saturdays. It's been one, been two, long. three, four. It's, it, we're going on four months, man, and since you've been hurt. But uh, March 11th. I'm coming back strong, man. Hmm. I only got three books tonight, man. Uh, but hopefully they'll be good, man. Freaking, uh, I don't want to read at least two of them. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's you go first for this time, man. Uh, let's see, what do I got here? Let's start out a little fun, a little bit of nostalgia. Let's do it. I got a uh, Dynamite Comics presents Disney's Darkwing Duck number uh, one. I was I almost bought it and I hesitated and I was so upset I hesitated on it. I can't believe you did, man. I just happened to pick it up. I was like, dude. It's Darkwing Duck, man. Yeah, this brought back uh, brought back the nostalgia feels, man. We got a good old Drake Mallard in St. Canard. We're doing a Darkwing Duck Appreciation Day. 
and all these people on their phones. And as Darkwing Duck starts to talk, freaking uh, he th- you know someone else come, you know, his neighbor comes out to uh talk about how great Darkwing Duck is, and everyone gets possessed by Megavolt because he charges up their cell phones, and for some reason it all makes sense. But you just kind of throw yourself into the story and go with it. And all the people that were just watching, praising uh, freaking Darkwing are now zombified and they all their, their zombies saying, must get Darkwing. Yeah. And as he escapes, of course, his, uh, his daughter, Gosselin, and her friend are there trying to figure out how they're going to save these people. And they decide to some rock music. And Megavolt, of course, shows up, and he's going to possess them as well. Even please, the other mayor's going to grab Gosselin. Please tell me Gizmo Duck shows up. Ah, uh, there's no Gizmo Duck in this issue, unfortunately. But uh, of course, Darkwing Duck comes to make the save, and ends up basically blacking out the entire town. That way, he can, uh, you know, the people are no longer mind controlled. And as uh, he ends up saving the people and stopping Megavolt. And everyone's, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, thank you, Darkwing. And they're doing their thank yous. And he's like, you know, make sure to get my good side. And then he's like, oh, what am I saying? Every side's my good side. Of course it is. Drake Mallard? Yeah. That's his name, Drake Mallard, right? Drake Mallard, yep. I love yeah, that it's show. It's just uh, nostalgia, just goofy fun. The uh, can't knock it. Yeah, and here's the thing about those books. Um, I remember when it was like mid '90s, and I started collecting Archie Comics, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, and I remember when we had to make a move and I had to get rid of some stuff. I uh, got rid of those books because obviously they're not going to be worth anything. Wrong, wrong. (laughs) Like those books are worth a lot of money. And uh, it's not it's not just because they're a lot of money. They have more sentimental value for me. But uh, these books matter. Um, man, like, like I'm surprised. Was Launchpad there? Oh, of course Launchpad was there. So I wanted to fly the, uh, the Thunder Quack. Uh, Thunder Quack's amazing. Did you re- uh, I rewatched the entire series uh, last year. And the episode, the first two episodes, uh, when... He adopts um, Goslin. Goslin, like she's that like thunderous like foster child that's been returned back to the the. She's the pup that's been returned back to the uh, the pound a million times, and uh, they have to rescue mm-hmm. her because she knows the the secret code, and um, that was a tearjerker, man. Like, he he showed up. He showed up um, broken up, like, because that battle, like, broke his arm. And he kept his promise. And he kept her and took care of her. And Gosselin, she's she's one of the best characters in the show. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, uh, I'll, I'll call Ed in the morning, like, yo, you got a broken duck. <laughs> just, just hook it I up. I can't believe you skipped on it. No, there's been a couple, but there's been a couple we you skipped on. Uh, you're sitting on a five hundred dollar issue of a freaking stray dogs. 
Yeah, it's like four fifty. Always hook up your homies, friend. Always hook up your homies, friend. That's how Minefields works. Um, and Dark Week Duck, man. Like, uh, there's a bunch of uh, freaking um, Disney Adventures digests that um, Maha Comics are sitting on that I need to get back because I had to throw them away. Because, like, when you're moving the military, like, there's only so much weight you can take. And yep. I had to throw away a couple of those. And, uh, yeah. We'll get them back, but that's that's part of the hunt. That's part of the hunt. Um, that is true. Anything else you got on that? Nah, nah, man. Like I said, just a good little nostalgia trip, good little way to just sit back and freaking enjoy it for a few minutes. Was it a quick read, or is it something that... Oh, it's totally a quick read. It wasn't one of those, like, it felt like a quick read, but it was actually 15 minutes because you're really enjoying it? No, it was just, it was a quick read. It was good. It was solid. It wasn't like reading... It got in, told the plot, and went out. It wasn't like reading an issue of The Walking Dead, and you can finish it in, like, five minutes? Mm Mm-mm. All right, good. So, better than that. All right, cool. Um, Popped hard for Saga, uh, Fiona Staples, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Chapter 61... We've got our main characters here that are living as refugees. Now, one of the things about Saga is that sex and drug abuse is a prevalent thing. Okay. But it's not portrayed in any way that is um, pornographic. It's just okay. it's just part of the story. Like, you know, like... Uh, We've got uh, one guy, um, laying with his woman. Yeah, we've got some nakedness going on, but it's just that's just what happens, you know. That's mm-hmm. just what happens, and they they, they uh, shirk any sort of, um, you know, when people get really you know uptight about things, like. It's just yep. what happens. We've got a new liar cat, which is probably the second best pop of this, or from the last issue too. But um, when Saga ended uh, for a good solid almost two and a half years, uh, our hero Marco uh, died an unfortunate death. We're, we're dealing with a single mom story here for the past like. 11, 12 issues. And now we have the hint that magic can bring him back. And in the past two issues, they have established that magic is actually real in such an astonishing sense that it doesn't feel like, you know, like a parlor trick or resurrecting a zombie or like... Remember when in... um, I assume you've seen a lot of... uh, Because you've got a uh, younger son... You've seen a lot of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. When they talk about, you know, the Deathly Hallows and bringing back the, the dead wife and she grows cold and sad and... No. They shirk that. Okay. This can happen. Marco can come back. And obviously, if you're listening to our show, you know that... Um, spoilers, but 
we've got the solid possibility that we've got Marco coming back. And it, when he comes back, because there's people hunting him and his kind, that it's going to... That's where it's really going to... The meat and potatoes are going to start. Because his um, estranged wife and his daughter are living as refugees at the moment. And yeah. Don't get me wrong. The story so far has been amazing. This is not like like a cash grab. This is not something like, okay, like sales are falling, so we gotta bring back Marco. This is part of the story. This is gonna be awesome. And I'm just happy I devoted my time for this. And this is uh I wanna bring up Mr. Colin, who we'll have back on the show soon, because he's working on a show right now. Um, but um He's like, okay, so some saga story's good. I'm like, yeah, I bought an extra issue for you. Okay, cool. I saw I saw the cover. A mother breastfeeding her her daughter, and the the boyfriend or the husband, and it's just, it was just stark white background, and mm-hmm. really hard inks, and yeah, that's gonna be good. Like that's gonna be good, and it it paid off. Um, in terms of like having like uh, fortunately I did not see Darkwing Ducks, so uh, but um, it pays off. Like if you the point of the comic book is, you look at the front, do it. <laughs> It'll speak to you. That's yep. the point of it. That's the point of it. But uh, it was a lot of fun, man. And I appreciate me talking about it because I I cannot tell you like, turn the page like we can bring your husband back. And I put the book down and just walk away. Like I actually went and put some, cause it was like, what, like five degrees last night. I went and put an extra clothes out and took a walk around the park. Cause, uh, I've been so invested in saga since I want to say 2011. Oh, and awesome. Okay. It, like it was, it was that impactful to me. Like, and I didn't think about it the whole time, but it was one of those things. Like I, I just hope he comes back and, you know, the story's good. Obviously, it's going to be good because they've never failed us, but mm-hmm. you know, stories matter. Yeah. When he died, that that effed me up, man. That effed me up. Because the narrator of Saga is the little girl. It's it's not it's, oh, not, okay. it's not the wife. It's the little girl. She's been telling it since the beginning. Like, like as if it was like a memoirs. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they also have gotten so deep in the story that when she narrates it, the story is so intense that you don't realize that she has a lot more to tell and that you're missing something that she's, you know, somewhere else. And that's, yeah. such, that's such a great story. Like, um, you know. I don't want to say trope, but, like, just a, a, a device to, to tell the story. Like, what are you going to, like, not believe the little girl telling you everything she saw? No. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're going to believe everything. You're going to believe everything. And she tells it in such a, uh honest way. And then we we get robbed of so many things because the, the story is so brutal. It's, but... Yeah, Saga. What you got next, brother? Yeah, I'm a siege. 
Uh, let's go into Murder World. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we got a Murder World Wolverine number one. So this has been a probably single-handedly the best arcade story I've ever read. Hands down. Hands down. And one of the first conversations you and I ever had was about arcade and how much we did like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, no. Uh, so we started off in the first issue with contestants. And at the beginning of issue three, which is still Murder World Wolverine number one. Yeah. Um, we are down to 61 contestants. Oh, this is a brutal issue. <laughs> what, what, yeah. what, what do we end up at the end? Like nine? <laughs> uh, we'll get there. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. But yeah, we start off on this uh, this mountain. And we've got this group of people and they're kind of trying to, they're figuring out that nothing here is real. But, uh, you know, they know this, but there's 61 of them left. And apparently three of them are hired assassins. Correct. Or at least that's what Arcade tells them. And as they're trying to escape this, uh, this mountaintop, they're attacked by a a bushel of wolverines. A cavalcade of wolverines. Yeah, we've got old school Wolverine, we've got Weapon X, we've got uh Laura Kinney X twenty three, we've got old man Logan. We got Honey Badger. And at the same time Honey Badger, yeah. At the same time we're learning about one of the uh contestants, as it were. And freaking he's a a man who's been in prison. And he is he, he his whole goal is to just get out and win so he can basically start a new life and maybe even get back to uh his children. Correct. No, but that was deep. And and he's just sitting here trying to get out of the way while these people are being slaughtered. And the MMA fighter who was uh you know, the main character of last issue ends up getting her arm sliced off. Right off. They right in full uh, full view of the audience here. And while this is going on, Black Widow's in Madripoor, and she's trying to get information on Arcade and who's involved in this uh, in Murder World. And she's fun. She's talking to this dude who I think is in a uh, in Aim. He's definitely and she, he's. Yeah, he's telling her that freaking, uh, you know, every time they move, every time he turns around, he's just, they're in a new spot and everything's crystal clean. And they can't, they can't get him. They don't know where he's going to be. Even telepaths can't but, get in. Yeah. But uh, somebody's involved in the game who's, uh, her name's Marina Kamaraba. Looking at her right And now. apparently, yeah, according to Black Widow, she's a, a real piece of work. And we go back to Marina, and she's in there. She's got a, a first aid kit with her. And her, the and the the people from the um, the previous issue, and uh, the, the criminal, are all uh, meeting everywhere. They're up to get there together, and they're basically trying to figure out how they're going to survive this. And they come to these doors, and there there's chairs in front of the doors. And everybody who's left has to take a seat. 
And the whole thing is you need to get your blood or your your blood pressure under your beats per minute on your heart below or 60 or less or else you're going to be shot in the head. If you try to escape, you're going to be shot. And several people get shot right in front of these people while they're sitting in these chairs. And by the end of it, the, the four people that are kind of our main characters of this issue end up surviving. And they end up getting through the doors along with a few other people. And they're in a, an actual murder world carnival now. So they go on from there. And one of the things that the... Uh, the guy who was in prison talks about is that, you know, this is all illusion and fake sets. And they actually end up, the four main characters currently end up breaking through and the illusion and they end up behind the scenes of murder world. <laughs> An arcade is freaking out. It looks freaking like backstage WWE. Like you got the, the boxes that hold you know, everything that's protected mm-hmm. they're setting up and like it's something else. Yeah. So they're behind the, uh, yeah, they're behind the, uh, the crimson curtain as it were. And our kid's freaking out and he wants them dead now. I mean, none of that. He wants to watch them die. And it just says to be continued. And this is leading into murder world of moon Knight Number one. Ooh. I wanted to bring up real quick Moon Knight because uh, I, I wanted to, I was thinking that they uh, James Gunn picked Swamp Thing because mm-hmm. how well Werewolf by Night did. Oh, possibly. Yeah, like but I think Swamp, I think Swamp Thing's just you know the amazing character and freaking they really did him they did him really well in the uh, the short run series. They did. They did. and freaking. I think, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with it. I think, I think I'm looking forward to that one tremendously. Yeah, me too. I just think they didn't do it as cinematically and as specifically genre specific uh, the way they did Werewolf by Night. And like, mm-hmm. like how big did you pop when you know Man Thing showed up? I mean, like, like that was <laughs> like back to my uh, discussion earlier about um, freaking the writer in your head getting turned off and you're enjoying something, something so much that you get surprised by something. If you outside the looking glass, like, Oh yeah, that was coming. But, um, a lot of fun, but uh, back mm-hmm. to murder world arcade. Like the, the one thing that really is drawing me to it is the fact that each issue we're focused on another, um, what would you call them? They're not inmates. I mean, they're, they're definitely ne'er do wells that have been, you know, let out of their. Me. They're I, I would call them contestants, really. Contestants, yeah, they've they've yeah. got. It. And I mean, and we started out with sixty-one, and now at the end of this issue, we're down to nine. Yeah, we're down to nine. There can only be one left. Yeah, but writers' perspective-wise, um, we're introduced into the in, internal dialogue of a new contestant. And I'm following a little bit every single one of them. I think the, the bald girl is faking it. Just because she got her arm cut off doesn't mean nothing to me. 
but uh, homeboy that just wants to do well for his family. You obviously have never had an appendage cut, cut off. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and also the fact that we're also developing, uh, I mean, because like one of the, uh, just to reflect back back in the day, back, back, back in the day, um, one of the first comic books you and I ever connected on was our love of Tim Sale and um, uh, Jeff Loeb. Mm-hmm. and victims and yeah. reflecting on that story compared to this it is way more well orchestrated plus the development yeah. of arcade is not just as a guy that wants to create mayhem and murder uh but now he's a guy that is a more of a businessman and the fact that he's able to clean where he goes to the point where even telepaths can't get to him. Mm-hmm. And this is an... And, and, and to put that in perspective, this guy's an X-Men villain. Like, if you say that even telepaths can't get to him, that means that even Emma Frost can't get to him. And the way he loses loses it when they break the veil. Mm-hmm. And uh, AIM uh, spy guy is... You know, giving uh, Black Widow some little intel there. He's like, you owe me, but you're not going to find him. And, like, really building that. And, again, like I said, each issue we've gotten into the heads of uh, different contestants. And we're building the I don't know who I want to win in that confusion. But this is getting really good. The extra meat and potatoes where you're not going to win against a bunch of Wolverines. Um, yeah. They have backup plans against backup plans. And then the backup plan against well, the thing backup plan. Well, too is I even wonder if anyone's going to survive at all. Oh, that's a good point. At the end of the day. That is a great, great point. Somebody could survive doesn't mean anybody will. Arcade might not. I mean, plus if, if nobody does, you just got to restart the game again with new players. Arcade might not live. Remember, after in Victims, we we ended it with uh, Wolverine's claws. Just the the Wolverine, like was it a clone or the was it a um, like a droid that just finished off Arcade, bleeding out. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, I remember off the top of my head. Regardless, but we it looked like Arcade was down for the count. But developing extra layers to Arcade as mm-hmm. not just someone that is an X-Men baddie that just wants murder and mayhem, but now it's a business. It's a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. Like I said, I've enjoyed this one tremendously. I think this is definitely one of the best books on the on the shelves right now. We're up there with Daredevil, Nightwing, Flash, uh, freaking um, One Bad Day, Spawn, mm-hmm. uh, Ice Cream Man, uh, any other ones that are peak your interest there? Yes, yeah, X Force has been really solid oh, in my opinion. X Force, sure. Um, yeah, but no, man, it's been really solid. Freaking, I've enjoyed it tremendously. You know, freaking, it's a like I said, it's it's good to see a villain like this get uh, his due. And it's, you know, it's really interesting because it's a book we both slept on, even though we both enjoy Arcade. Oh, yeah. 
you, you're the one that called me on this one. I, I didn't realize it was even out. And, yeah. Uh, like, the first one was so good, like, called Ed and, like, yeah, put everyone in the book, in the box. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gonna need a bigger box. Good old Uncle Ed, man. So if you guys are uh, in Colorado Springs or in the Colorado area, uh, even if you're military and you're gonna be gone for a year, he will hold your books. Yeah. He will so what do you get next? I've got. Uh, man, I'm going through. I mean, Spidey was okay. Infernal Girl Red was more art than good story um yoda was fun but they're getting to something a little bit better so this is more of a tweener issue mm-hmm. i say we ran out the box with freaking uh sins of sinister bro unless you got something uh, let's, else let's, uh, let's do other Let's do Legends of Gotham real quick. I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. End on Sins of Sinister. Yeah, we got to end on Sins of Sinister for sure. Yeah. But yeah, now we got a... This one's an interesting little book. I'm not sure where it's going, but it starts out with... Uh, we got Red Hood sneaking into the Batcave because he's looking for some information. And Batman's apparently out of town. All right. But he's, uh, he's cut off by Katana and Black Lightning. Nice. Black but Lightning is turn- dope. Yeah. What's what? Hold on. Before, but, uh, turns we get, out, hold on. We get too far. What the freak is freaking Black Lightning like? Just chilling in Gotham for? They they get into that at all? Well, he's part of the Outsiders. It's a uh, Batman's non-Bat family group he associates with. Cool. Just wanted to know why he's there. Yeah. Same with Katana. Not gonna question. Yeah, basically... I'm just happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so they the whole thing ends up being that uh, they uh, a lot of the secrets of Batman and Leviathan and uh, all these massive international secrets got out, and turns out that they're going to be uh, a bid on in an auction, and they've got to figure and these three got to stop it and get figure out who uh. Who's gonna buy it and then get the information from them before they have access to it? Awesome. So they end up getting Red Hood to sneak in there because he's the most uh, villainous of the three. And as he's trying to get into the uh, the auction, him and Killer Croc get into it, and Killer Croc ends up beating the crap out of him and dragging him in there as his plus one. That's awesome. So we get in there, and it turns out that uh, Croc and Red Hood are actually working together. And it was all a ploy to get help him get Red Hood in. And they end up running into Bane. And it turns out one of Red Hood's big things, as we all know from Task Force Z, is he hates Bane for killing Alfred. As he should. So he's just—he's like, I gotta be. You know, he's like, I gotta do. Uh, gotta do it. Don't keep with the plan right now. But I'm gonna get Bane later. You killed our dad's dad, dude. <laughs> We've got a problem. Pretty much. Yeah. So we end up going into the uh, the auction house, and the th- the freaking the big uh, bidders 
We have Mercy Graves for uh, representing Lex Luthor. We've got Bane, Killer Croc. We got Red Hood and Condiment King. I have not heard that name in years. Yeah. So Condiment King opens a bid at $10. And of course he is quickly outbid. But yeah, we've got a... This, uh, this bushel of information is bat- from Batman's personal computer, from the FBI, from the DEO, the CIA, and the National Security Agency. And the whole thing is that once you, uh, once you get it, once the payment's paid up, they will basically give you a code to access it. So, long story short, Bane ends up winning. Nice. And he is escorted out of the building to uh, with armed guards to make sure he's protected because of the uh, the value of this information. Of course. And of course, Red Hood's following him, and of course, he gets caught. But how does he get caught? I mean, it's Red Hood. I mean, is he, is he being too brazen? Because it's one thing about like. Uh, him and and Dick is that Dick can sneak into like, you know, under a paper cut. But Red well, Hood, Red yeah. Red Hood shows up with guns and makes noise. Well, the thing is, he gets caught because there's uh, one of the um, people with Bane is able to see through. It's a, he's a giant bug creature that I'm unfamiliar with, but he can see through objects and he spots Red Hood. So fortunately, Katana and Black Lightning are there to save Red Hood from getting murdered, and they end up escaping. But of course, Bane gets away while they're doing that. So they actually end up uh, getting to an orbital crypto bank where they break in to get the information before it gets sent to uh, sent to Bane. And Red Hood ends up getting the chip that has all the information in it. But somebody blows a hole in the hole and he tried and he saves this woman from uh, getting sent out into space. All right. And he ends up blowing, uh, he ends up shooting the chip. That way, no one has access to this information. And of course, he ends up saving the day. And it turns out uh, later on, beneath Gotham, he runs into Killer Croc and he hands him a book. And it turns out Killer Croc has this deep, dark secret that he's actually a, uh, a huge fan of classic French literature. That's awesome. So they end up having a nice little buddy moment to end the issue. But we end up finding the girl who he saved. And she ends up, turns out that she actually switched the chip that uh, Red Hood had destroyed with with a fake chip. So she has the actual one. And the end of the issue is her handing it to Talia al Ghul. 
of course. Who else would it be? Of course. Did you see uh, Uncle Todd's freaking uh, releases the past few days? I have not. Yeah, they're all uh, the Christopher Nolan. Uh, he's doing a full line of the Christopher Nolan figures. And, uh, like, obviously, if he does a Talia, we got to get it. Um, I was going to, like, surprise you on your birthday. Like, hey, surprise! Now you're addicted to McFarlane. Like, you got to get the, you got to get the figures. Uh, fair warning. Um, mm-hmm. but freaking, of course, Talia. All right. All right. At least it wasn't like something lame, like, you know, like if we were writing this in the sixties, it, it would have been handed off to Catwoman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is something way more. Uh, she did. She had done it herself. Well, Catwoman, well, you're correct on that one, but I'm just picking something arbitrary. Hmm. What a great issue, man. Uh, how clued in are you into this? Like, is it like, I mean, cause we, we've had the discussion of what's canon so many times, but is the story, mm-hmm. is the story good enough to be canon? Cause I think that's the question now. Is the story good enough to be I think it definitely be could be, but, but will it be? Cause that's the thing with Talia. You're never quite uh, sure what side of the fence she's playing. Nope. Never in the least bit, man. But that's one of the best parts about her, man. That's that's pretty much her gimmick. (laughs) That's pretty much her gimmick. No idea. Yep. She might actually betray Damien and uh, old Brucie there in favor of uh, Mama Dragon Lover. That was great, man. That was awesome, man. I'm sorry I missed that one. Um, What do you got next? Or is it me? It's you. This is the last book of the evening. Ooh, Sins of Sinister. I'm confused about this book. Okay. I'm completely confused about this book because I feel like at the beginning when Hickman took over and, you know, turned Kokoa into a continent and they conquered death and we're waiting for a reckoning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, I we've talked about in the show before how much I loved, uh, you know, uh, everything with the swords and a few other books that came at, like, Legion X. Like, uh, Way of X was actually my favorite one when they established, mm-hmm. you know, their religion. And um, X-Men Red is actually my favorite X-Men book, just just Mars like uh, I don't know what it is about Mars man but I've got a absolute freaking like it's gotta be Mars like uh, put in perspective when they announced that they were redoing Total Recall I was like BS like I don't want to watch that and then yeah when they said they don't go to Mars I'm like yeah there's no way I'm gonna watch it <laughs> like I want to go to Mars and yeah but with this book I feel like uh, the chickens have come to roost, man. Okay. Since the beginning, when... I can't remember whose idea it was to... allow Sinister to be part of the Quiet Council. Mm-hmm. Terrible idea! Like, why are you inviting these, like, villains? I mean, like, I can see that you're trying to be inclusive or whatever. Um, 
why would you invite a guy whose literal name is Sinister? I can completely yeah. understand inviting Apocalypse. Just because like, he devotes himself that the, you know, the strongest survival of the finished. Exactly. Does not mean that he's evil. But Sinister, 100% evil. 100%. Why, yep. and, and, and uh, at a lesser extent, um, wow. Um, we saw that, I don't, I, I don't want to say we saw it coming, but the way it's been building in terms of the fact that the mutants are getting away with egregious, egregious, like, crimes against humanity. <laughs> like, 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 it, there's certain times where I've related to Orcus. Like, yeah, you, you probably need to monitor these guys and figure out what the heck they're doing and probably need to shut a couple of their operations down. Um, I, I, I want you to take point on this one because the one thing that really chapped me was the fact that we have had so many issues where they can't stop Nimrod. Can't stop them. Okay. Can't stop them. We have a sinister factory of freaking Moira's, and we can't stop Nimrod. Like that was like the point of like three huge stories, yeah. and in four pages, Nimrod's done. Like like mm-hmm. like that really chapped me. The rest of the book I really liked, but um, I just wanted to start out with like something that bothered me because the rest of the book is amazing. No. Well, I think the thing is, I think you were right. Freaking, we talk about the uh, kind of, you know, chickens kind of home, come and roost. Sinister took the the current greatest thing the X Men have going for them. Their ace in the hole. The uh, the fact that they, you know, yeah, they beat death, and he turned it against them. Because the whole thing ends up being is that he put a little bit of his DNA in everybody's. Uh, profile for when they were reborn and he everybody who's died comes back with a little piece of sinister in him little piece you know and then not only do we find that out but freaking uh in the future here one plus year later you know ben urich comes to j jonah jameson and he's telling him everything that he knows only to find out that j jonah jameson is now Freaking a sinister imposter as well. He's been taken over by sinister, which means he's probably died and come back himself. Yeah, we go back to Kokoa and we find out that pretty much everybody has been possessed by sinister. And if not, they're going to kill you themselves. You know, we see a Wolverine eviscerate cypher oh i texted you immediately after reading that like that chat me like you you sob man yeah you know not only that but they freaking uh they end up basically turning krakoa into a uh you know just they take away Krakoa's soul, basically. Right. They end up zapping Krakoa, and it's just a, it just becomes a drooling mass instead of a vibrant, 
island. Right. You know, and we see we see that the uh, the people that are possessed by Sinister still have a lot of their own personality, but they but they are a little bit of Sinister, which is a pretty interesting uh, take on it. You know, we see the Avengers and the X Men working together to the point where Cyclops is like we could help you guys become mutants and Cap's like, hmm, that'd be a, that would make a heck of a statement. Yeah. Cause like now the gimmick is that like you can have an X gene. We'll, huh. we'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, we saw Thanos get like his brains blown out, literally get his brains blown out. And, uh, there's that element of distrust here that just because sinister is making things right. So to say, um, the mm-hmm. Juggernaut's the one that blew out the brains of, of of Thanos, and they teleport him into nowhere. And then we get yeah. to Namor killing him. Well, not even him. that. They end up shooting him, using him as like a bullet, basically. A bullet. Shooting him through through Thanos' brain, and Jen just leaving him there. Leaving him. Like, At no point do they make any attempt to uh, to get him back. They maroon him, and they don't maroon him on, a, on an alien planet. They just let him travel through space and time, like, <laughs> bye, dude. <laughs> like, sorry, we don't need you no more. And we get yeah. Namor with Doom, which is, uh, I liked 90% of the story, but Namor killing Doom, no thank you. No, no way. No way. <laughs> I mean, he did it. Yeah, he did. It, it. happened. It happened. It's a great splash page, by the way. Great splash page. Yeah. Yeah, he kills him in his home. And apparently Doom is replaced by a clone. And who's apparently under control, mutant control. But there is only uh, only left is a, a sole remaining Doom bot. Claiming the mantle of Doom has been reportedly cited working with a, f- a few remaining Orcus cells. Oh, yeah. Because they basically, they end up turning humanity against Orcus on top of everything else. Well, they turn humanity against the Fantastic Four, and they turn the Fantastic Four by just using uh, Ben Grimm. Like, like of all the people in the four to turn against the other, I, it's easy to say, cause especially the way they did it in the movie, that they'd land on Grimm. Mm-hmm. But yep. I would I would assume the easiest one would be Johnny. Yeah. Just set everyone I think, on fire. I think the thing about it is, yeah. But, I mean, you couldn't – melting the thing is one thing, though. I think the thing is it's really a mental game because they turn him human again and then possess him. And they end up turning Sue and Johnny into thing-type creatures while he's killing freaking Reed. Right. But yeah, no, the, uh, basically the mutants take over the world. And one of the few remaining mutants who uh, isn't a willing participant in this is Storm. Because she made it a point to be like, I don't want to be resurrected when I die. I just want to, you know, if I die, I die. And she blatantly calls out the fact that uh, the person sitting next to her is no longer her friend Kurt Wagner. Oh, that was gnarly. That was gnarly. <laughs> that was gnarly. How how could they do Very that much. to him? 
Like, like, I mean, really to just, to just absolutely discredit him and enslave him and turn him into a beast. And mm-hmm. like, like the one thing that he never wanted to be what they've called him his whole life, not a beast, but like an abomination or something that's not human or mutant. And Sinister went that freaking far to really just humiliate him, especially after mm-hmm. he just created an established religion. Yep. Well, yeah, you know, Storm doesn't realize the entire council, with the exception of her, is uh, basically sinisterized. And she ends up making a break for it. And she ends up finding Destiny and Mystique in Peru. And she, you know, she's like, you know, this is how, you know, this is how it is. And Destiny's like, you know, we have to be smarter. We've got to, you know, we must be on the same side. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who the, who the mutants are that are still on the, we're still living basically. I think we're already getting the clues uh, immediately. Like, uh, uh, last issue of X-Men when mm-hmm. uh, Destiny and, grabs him seeks like we gotta get the hell out of here like we gotta, yeah. we, gotta, we gotta go <laughs> like no explanation um that's never happened we've always gotten insight on to when mm-hmm. that happened uh the fact that storm has uh they, they've increasingly showed her more as the more like leader with the mohawk which is important that's not something you just randomly do um mm-hmm. also the fact that we have a couple of different x factors here and I'm not trying to make a pun here, is that I cannot... Storm was not this um, destructive in the last uh, series. The, okay. The, she wasn't, like... Like, this is, like, violent, like, fighting for her life and... or everybody, even even stronger. And then we've got the fact that Krakoa is not dead. It's just... It, it, because you see him like drooling, like 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 it's it's been like somehow like uh, mentally destroyed to a point. We get clues like Wolverine killing Doug, uh, and I, I, I see the I, I and then obviously the fact that they have not in any way <clears throat> pushed the fact. That hope is the mutant messiah this hard in like 10 years maybe 12 yeah maybe 12 like like the mutant messiah thing has not been a thing other than the fact that they mention it randomly they're setting up the 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 goodies and the baddies here and sure the avengers are, are involved but like, like seeing Krakoa like bleeding, like you know, like or just not bleeding, just drooling. Yeah. Like, like he's in some sort of like comatose state, and yeah, he, like he's brain dead, basically. Yeah, and then we'll be killing Doug. I mean, there's there's a lot like there's I'm armchair booking this man. Um, we got Sebastian Shaw in Purgatory with magic. 
Yep, take no. Sebastian Saw is taking over Hell. Magic's destroying Asgard. Uh, they end up brutally murdering Wanda. And then no we see. Wanda. That, I, I laughed my. Dude, I freaking lost it. That was hilarious. <laughs> no more Wanda. Yeah, let's go and do that. Like, let's do that first, actually. <laughs> mm. And then we see, end up seeing uh, Sinistry going back to creating more Chimera, which are X-Men that are fused, or mutants that are fused with other mutants. Correct. We see a, a Colossus Beast. We see a Cyclops Wolverine. I believe a Rock Slide Sunfire. Yeah, that was that was very intelligent. I loved it. These are great amalgams. And maybe a uh, Jean Grey slash Invisible Woman. I was thinking Jean Grey and um, uh, I was thinking Jean Grey and um, Kate Pride. Maybe no, no. I would like. I'm thinking uh, spacing right now. We've been drinking. Freaking um, Diamond Queen. Emma Frost. Emma, look at the hair. Look at the hair. We've got Colossus Beast. We've got Wolverine Cyclops. We've got Sunfire, Iceman. Um, of course, why not meld those two? And yeah, that's definitely Sunfire. Nah, and then maybe. Who's the dude? Yeah, we, who's the Mojo guy on the next page? That is Sugar Man. That is an old uh, Age of Apocalypse villain. Oh yeah, yeah, but he's melded with somebody. Eh, I think he's just a. I think he's just Sugar Man. But uh, yeah, we find out. Ro- or we're pretty sure Storm's hiding out in Morocco with her uh, her team. And then we see Sinister hanging out in New York, I believe, 10-plus years later. Now, uh, I know you've read Civil War, and I know you've read Secret Wars, and I know you read Dark uh, Dark Reign. Um, mm-hmm. This sort of recurring theme where, like, the people that are going to fix everything are underground, I'm, I'm tired of it. Okay. I'm tired of it. Um I especially don't like Spidey being the bad guy here, like webbing up old Foggy there, uh, just because he's, you know, testifying on the street. Yeah. Well, the thing is, that's uh, that's another Chimera. That's Spider-Man mixed with Nightcrawler. So I don't think it's actually Peter Parker Spider-Man, or I think it's a another sinister creation. I hope so. But yeah, enough. Freaking easy. They find Foggy, and you know it's gonna be. It looks like it's gonna be Storm gathering the forces of Araco against the mutants of Earth, basically. Take us home. I mean, like he, like I, I did I miss anything, or did? Because I remember uh, last issue they were talking about. Of course, this is where his base is. Mm-hmm. And then now they reveal that uh, Sinister's actual base with his uh, Moira factory is actually under um, under Muir Island, where Moira is. Yeah, uh, where she where she lived and where she where her 
Yeah. I mean, there's been so her, many. Her lab was so many different places. So many different things that have happened in Mirror Island. I mean, like that's basically like almost the actual genesis of X Factor, um, where Proteus was. Uh, you go back to the movies. That's when you know Charles wakes up inside someone else's body. Um, there's a lot of things here in Muir Island. Um, mm-hmm. Before I forget, before I forget, was um, the idea of bringing back everyone that was on Genosha, mm-hmm. which is super important to me because Extinction Agenda is my second favorite uh, X story. Uh, you know, because we we've we've gone back to Genosha, especially with New X Men. Um, the idea that we can bring back people in Genosha, and they're waiting. But now we're in Muir Island, and Sinister is like that was his. That's where the whole base was, right? Yep. Yeah. No, he's uh like I said, his uh, his lab is underneath Moira's lab on Muir Island, and he ends up going, you know, going down there, and it turns out every you know he gets in there, and everything is gone. And he's just like, somebody stole my lab. Somebody stole all my Moiras. And then he comes to the realization he is trapped in this timeline that he's created. Does it look like a... Does it look like he's trapped in a Cerebro? The walls definitely kind of lead to that. But I think it's just the... uh, I think they just wanted something clean. I don't think it has anything to do with Cerebro itself. But, you know, the whole thing was Sinister could kill a Moira and go back in time using her. Oh, yeah. But of course. Now he no longer has that option because somebody who we don't know yet has stolen him. I'm open for, like, uh, at, at best, because I don't want to armchair book this one because. It's so much fun already. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to like up expectations, but like the one thing I do want is a definitive. Who the hell is freaking Nathan Essex, and what is his true like um, motivations with motivation uh, motivations when it comes to uh, affecting the uh, the timelines and the bloodlines of the Summers Clan? Like I want a true. What is that? Because we've we've gotten so many different things in the past couple like like thirty years about what his obsession is with the Summers line and how he's been messing with it and who he is and I would like something that gave us some idea of it something a little bit more than you know something uh, temporal or uh, metaphysical or like figured out for yourself like like give us. Mm-hmm. Like it's time to give us some sinister, and you you no. you've been on the sinister. You've been, on, I like I've always liked sinister, um, because like first off the voice in the original TV show was amazing, um, mm-hmm. but that's neither here nor there. I want something something a little bit more definitive about what sinister is up to, and then we've got other things like that are outside of this. Like we got the the hint of the. Uh, that he was uh, part of manipulating the school or the insane asylum they were keeping the New Mutants in the New Mutants movie. Um, yeah. I want something a little bit more definitive. 
I'm not saying like 100%. Just give us me something we can stand on, some a cornerstone. Yeah. Well, I think this will end up being it, man. I think at the uh, – because the whole thing is Sinister has always been a backup villain. The only real time he's been a main character was in like the the Mutant Massacre. Yep. And that a lot of that was you know we didn't really see him too much in that if I recall properly. Yeah, and it was, but uh, part you know, of it Age of Apocalypse, he was a secondary character. But that that that's where I'm getting the the like the urge for that is because he he was a secondary character, but the way he came off as a an overly great father figure to Scott. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 I never saw that coming. Like, he was actually, a, uh, in my opinion, he was a good guy in Age of Apocalypse, in the in the story. But now we've got this, and uh, what do you want? Uh you know, like you said, some answers would be nice. We've got, you know, we found out that uh, we got three the three main sinister clones right now. We've got the. The one with the diamond on his forehead. We've got the one with the club, who is, um, I believe, on Araco. Yep. And then the one with the spade is Dr. Stasis, who works for Orcus. So technically, unofficially, as of right now, we have three Sinisters, and each one is in a different uh, part of this battle. One's on Mars, one's with Orcus, and one's on Earth in charge. We have yet to see if, if if there is a sinister with a heart on its forehead, which would be the all the all the suits. Right. We were missing that one, so we don't know who, where that character is. It has to be coming. And yeah, in theory, it's just but but we've got you know we've got these four forces that are technically working against each other, and who's going to survive at the end? Cause I don't feel I don't feel like you can have all these other characters, like you can't have four main Mister Sinisters rolling around. I think at the end of the day you're gonna get back to just one. Yeah, there's gonna be one. He's gonna like come to me and make clones. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about it is, is they're Sinisters, so very much they could definitely work with each other for a por- a portion of time. But at the end of the day, they're all out for their own well-being. There's no question about that. So, it'll be interesting to see where that leads. I guess I'd like to see a definitive Sinister. I think by the end of this, I think we will have one. It'll just be interesting to see which one it is. And I, the other thing I want to see, especially if they're going to be brave enough to intertwine uh, X-Force into it, that's Dark Beast. Like... Like, I gotta tell you, man, one of the things that doesn't sit well with me is how evil Beast has been. Mm-hmm. And I want... I want a good Beast back, because, like, my mom... Like, my mom bought me the original uh, action figure of, of Beast, and she's like... She'd watch the cartoon with me uh, when I was a mm-hmm. kid, and she's, she just loved Beast. He was just so uh, wholesome. And... Mm-hmm. But he did what he had to do what he had to do. Uh, no mm-hmm. matter what it meant, and uh, watching him turn into this evil, evil, repugnant version of Beast, and like the past couple of years, I mean, like freaking, I remember when they did New X Men, and he thought it was a good idea bringing back the original like five into our timeline, and then 
somehow figure out a way to turn them back, bring them back, um, it only caused problems. And uh, then uh, before uh, Hickman took over, Dark Beast got cut in half and was being um, not really enslaved, but really just kind of... They used his ideas, but he was basically enslaved and forced to be indoctrinated in what they're doing in the X for in X Force and I don't I think there's a lot of things going on if you're paying attention and reading the X books in the past couple of years, especially with Doug and Warlock. Cause you, like I like I there's no way that Wolverine killed Doug that fast. Like basically the the male mutant savior. Um that easy if he's got warlock in him and protected by Kratoa and like there's so many other things going on here mm-hmm. um but yeah I want the definitive sinister that's dark beast nothing you're gonna tell me is gonna tell me that's not dark beast and the real beast is somewhere else uh, man they've already got they've got dark sinister has dark beast's head in his office in his uh lab yes he does but that doesn't mean that uh other dark beast is actual real beast right now he's got how many well, more he's got how many more is <laughs> able yeah. to reset time yeah but this this book was the funnest book of the week uh probably the month or the actually probably like year and a half. <laughs> this was, yeah, it was it was a good book. It's definitely it's definitely a heck of a a starting point. You know, we got three books that are going to be replacing much like the uh, Age of Apocalypse back in the day. These three books are going to like X Men Red is now going to be Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants. Yep. Um, Way of X is going to be uh, our Legion of X is going to be Nightcrawlers. And one more book is getting changed. Oh, uh, Immortal X Men is becoming Amoral X Men. Yeah, and that's another thing. that's another problem we have to worry about here. Um, Legion X is getting changed. Okay, but we still <laughs> we still have a uh, homeboy with uh, eight million different uh, freaking voices in his head. That mm-hmm. is being controlled by what, like two different uh, Zorns. Yep. And yeah, okay. And that's so, it. The, the thing too is we also I don't believe Lynch died yet, nor has the Zorns died yet. Oh no, 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 not at all. I agree with you. There's there's so many different uh, things going on here, and I can't wait. The this this the, the artwork is phenomenal, absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal, and. Let's see what happens, man. I mean, like, that's what I got for uh, that's what I got for this week, man. Uh, had a couple other books, like I said earlier. Um, Inferno Girl Red was good. Um, Love sick. We have to do in dark. <laughs> like we, we can't do Love sick in dark. Um, Spidey, we're. It's dragon, but uh, freaking, that's what I got, man. You got anything else? Nah, man. I think we're set. Yeah, uh, we got a new era coming back, March eleventh. 
yeah, looking forward to that. Freaking, hopefully we'll, uh, you know, they put out a uh, open challenge for the he- uh, heavyweight title. Oh, that'd be nice, Logan man. and the big deal Mac Battle did, so we'll see who accepts that. We'll see Duffer and Billy uh, going up against the uh, latest uh, challengers for the belt. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to some people bringing back we haven't had in a while. It's uh, Castle Mania. Uh, Dr. Silver's running the show, and no one's happy about that. And yep. see worse. Oh, those those fans they hate they hate that Doctor Silver. That they do, that they do. But uh, you know, it'll be good to you know good to be back there. Freaking good to be back in Denver. But uh, yeah, man, I think it's uh, I think it's your turn to call it a night. Yeah, it's my turn, man. All right, guys. Uh, just to clue you in. This is dangerous because it's minefields and this is what we walk through. This is not why it's good. It's how it's good. This is dangerous, and this transmission is over. Buy the t-shirts. Buy the shirts.